0: Who's coming out? Do it. Oh, I guess you are.
1: It's always kind of a, well, now we know. Like, yeah. I'm like the uh, the marathon runner that breaks the tape. You
0: grab I've hold of I've the I've reins? I feel like I think we always. I
2: think that's called a false start. Is it? Because I feel like
1: it's a pretty true to form start right now. No, yeah. I don't I know think, what, how to okay. say that. But. I think generally
3: speaking, the show always starts like the Wiener Dog Nationals. Whereas like you guys ever so many poops on the floor. No, yeah. well, well, and that may have it too, but I mean like have you guys ever been to the wiener dog races uh, that they, they do and
0: they hold in Butte
1: every well, year. Well, they do
3: in Butte, they do it all over the place. There, there's Wait like a, a whole minute. circuit uh, of whoa, whoa, dachshund
0: whoa. races. There's a but, wiener dog race. Oh,
3: it's amazing. And if punished. you've not gone, you've I, really not I've uh, never been in person. Done but, right by uh, yourself, but
0: but just imagine a bunch of dachshunds. Like running a race, and they pretty much have the gist.
3: Yeah, no, you don't have the gist. I mean, so so basically, what happens is there are there are you know like six to eight of these little boxes, and these doc, most of these dachshunds are just house pets, and so their owners will sit at the other end of the finish line, and then uh, come
1: on, honey, come on, sugar buddy. right?
3: And they'll and then like, and I guess it like you can't hold a treat out or anything like you, they just have to like run to you, and so the gates will go up the whole there's like an announcer and some of the dogs run right to mom or dad or whoever it is that you know brought them and some of the dogs just stand there and I kind of feel like that's what this show's like.
0: But can you, like, <laughs> yell at your kid? Some you, nights I agree <laughs> with you, yes. <laughs> can you be like, puddles? Come on.
1: Puddles. Come on. Can you be like, puddles. <laughs> Yes, I, 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 I get what you were just saying. But I still have questions <laughs> about, the, about the dachshund. So what, oh, dude. what you Kevin is
2: basically saying is that we need somebody to coax this thing <laughs> out of the <laughs> right. gates.
3: Yes, somebody to stand on the other side of Mark's office and cheer us to the
0: finish line. Come right. on,
1: guys. Come on, boy. <laughs> come, <laughs> on. come on. Clear. Come on, Shane and Ryan.
0: Come on. <laughs> All right, kids. What are we playing? some theme music i'm shane i'm ryan i'm kevin i'm mark
1: this is somebody likes it
3: So it's worth noting that uh, we have a we have a passing we have a
0: celebrity death watch. And this is another one that because I believe I've I mentioned this gentleman within the last like month or so.
3: We've
1: been talking about him
0: on the show for a while.
3: Well, and he's he's a quote. He has been a quotable mofo for uh, for quite a while. And we're talking about, of course, Mark E. Smith from the fall.
1: I love uh, how you say "of course." Like we're talking, of course.
3: Well, I mean, the fact that he's in, well, he's another one of the. I said "of course" because, as I like, as the words were coming out of my face, I thought this guy is like he was. He was in the like, and Frank, I say during the heyday, but like, I don't think he ever really became unquotable. He was like, uh, like Noel Gallagher level acrimonious in interviews, and so I think so. Kevin's talking about yeah. Mark
0: E. Smith of the Fall, the only consistent member. Well, right, I that's what I just said. I, I don't know if you brought him up or not, but okay. anyway. Um, Who fell? One of the, I mean, there, was, there were a bunch of little um, um, short obituaries that came out today, uh, and he just died today, but irascible uh, was one of the things well, that doesn't surprise to describe me. him. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. you know, like, like cantankerous, I think, maybe. If that they, likewise, does not surprise me. <laughs> yeah,
3: his last interview was with The Guardian last year, and I guess there was a fall record that came out last year as well, but... Um, I was reading about this and then somebody said like the person that interviewed him said like is you know being angry like is that important to you like is that something that you you feel like is important to you and he was like yeah he's like he's like he's like people this and I'm not re- I'm not like, really kind of that li- a
1: direct fucking quote just like about. kind of my thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. it needs to be
3: <laughs> yeah um well, I'll see if I can find the direct quote. But yeah, but basically he just said like, um, yeah, is it important for you to remain angry? Yeah, people still cross the road from me. I still got that. I can clear a pub when I want to. It's a talent. And the guy was <laughs> tiny, uh, tiny. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. But the that's not even the best quote. Like the best the best quote from this whole thing was that I guess there was a band um called The Fat White Family that put out a song called I Am Marky Smith. And uh, somebody asked in this interview last year like if he had heard that song. And he says, no, but people say it's really good. And he said, they, I guess, played before you at, at Glastonbury in 2015. Did you see them? And he said, he told some story about them getting cheeky and full themselves and how he told them what for. But anyway, he says... The, my favorite part of that story, which I will not read you all of it, he's like, I was giving a glass of champagne to the lads before we went on, and then one of them just walks up, my favorite song, and I threw, th- just threw it in his face. He was shoving off, and there was a bit of a standoff. Like the stuff of theirs, I've heard though. I like the stuff of theirs, I've heard though. It was pretty weird that day. The Dalai Lama was there, <laughs> like that. and he just drops that, and then they move on to something Ep- else. Epilogue. <laughs> yeah, like King of Coda, non- King of like. the non secondary right there. Anyway, yeah.
1: So how did he end up dying? Anger.
3: Uh,
0: I, the, the, no, the, the no, what I what little hardened arteries. Sure. Is, uh, yeah. is that he'd been he'd been ill for a while, and the last public appearance or last uh, fall. Uh, show that he uh, conducted. He was in a wheelchair and he was supposed to come stateside and do a bunch of dates and they canceled him twice but it wasn't like a Morrissey thing. I don't guess we have the gong in here uh, where it's he was just, just being a dick even though he kind of was a dick apparently <laughs> but no he was just in ill health and they haven't really said what but um, in
3: this interview they also asked him who he would like to play him in a film of his life and he said either rip torn or dwarf. <laughs> 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 guy had a sense of humor at we've least. gotta pick yeah. one of their
0: records one of these days. Oh, um, are you kidding? like, like that guy's that is a quote the de- definition of a band I've heard about like I think that is so much over the years.
1: that is not the first time that ev- whenever Mark e whenever Marky Smith has been brought up on the show it, i would I would say every single time we were like a oh, quote yeah, of yeah, his we is, like we need to listen to one of his records. Somebody needs to pick that,
0: and then well, we don't. Yeah. No, well, they're not going it. to be needing new ones, so uh, we have the pick of the litter. And what else?
1: What else has uh, been going on this past week? Couple of uh, premier- couple of couple of weeks. I can talk now. Yeah. 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 Uh, Shane has his voice, back. Shane, no, voice Watch 2018. Near, yeah, it's nowhere near <laughs> as important of anything that we're talking about right now, but God damn it, in my life it is.
2: You said it's been fifty-six weeks since you've been able to speak. Seventy. 70, 70, days. 70 days. days Oh, days 70 days 56 yeah.
3: weeks it'd 50 be like 56 <laughs> weeks <laughs> would
1: be over a year Yeah Yeah, yeah so it's been uh, two it's and, a and a half math. months Strong <laughs> <laughs> math
0: But yes, uh, also a couple prominent retirings in the world of music Yes uh, We've got Neil Diamond Sweet Caroline Have
1: you ever heard ba, that song? Ba, ba, yeah, that, yes. that one Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. one Yeah, I yeah know that's a no, I've that? heard it Neil Diamond, you just brought him up Oh,
0: that guy yeah. Um, he
1: has Parkinson's?
0: Uh, he does. He's 77. Yeah. And he
1: looks pretty good, but I mean, I apparently he's not feeling not so good. Guy had a uh, great career. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy had a great career. <laughs> starting with writing the songs for the Monkees, but.
0: He had one really great song in the 60s. What was it? Um, I, I want to say Secret Agent Man, but that's not it. it was, Cheer um, up, um,
1: Sleepy J- Daydream Believer. He wrote that well, song. Well, no, that's a well written song. But
0: there's one that he. Actually, performed and it'll come to me while well, in about like a minute. Sweet Caroline, well, that is a great song as well. But anyway, um, Solitary Man,
1: turn on your heart light. I don't know what Solitary Man is. Isn't that
0: like a you'd know it if you isn't heard
1: that it. like what? What was the guy that did turn the page? Bob Seeger, wasn't that it? Was Bob Seeger that was turn the page? Was no Solitary Man like wasn't that? I understand what you're saying, look i'm not gonna I'm not gonna burn all the all these candles, but I'm telling you like I guess I've just heard other people well, I guess I've heard a lot of other people record,
0: yeah, it's a great song, like and his version of it is a great song, and I'm not the world's biggest Neil Diamond fan, but like he has his place also uh retiring from touring, but after <laughs> a planned three year um three hundred dates like yeah, a yeah grand finale tour of three years long is Elton John. Uh, and he's ca- of course calling it goodbye, Yellowbrick Brick Road. Uh, but he's seventy, and he wants to sp- wants to spend more time with his uh, husband and his child. And but not until three years from now. <laughs> 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 I mean, there there are lots of things when, that are that are true. Is re- important.
1: I, I, look, I mean, the, the man obviously loves the spotlight. It's going to be—it's going to be hard for him to let go of it. But, but he is aren't seventy. You, he's aren't you have kind g- of a
0: couple of giant walk-in closets full of sequined, uh, sequined, sequined? Yes. Uh, se-
1: that should be the name of your new sequined, sequined company. Yeah,
0: sequined uh, lounge jackets and giant sunglasses. Aren't that, you yeah. kind of
2: tempting fate doing that? Saying I'm going to I'm going to do three hundred dates and. I'm 70 well, I know man. I mean,
0: yeah, he is, you know, North the goal 70. setter. Yeah. I have God, to tell that you it's crazy
2: for me to think about though
1: Elton John being 70 years old. That's He is 70 years that's old. That's hard my for me to wrap my head around.
3: I have to say that um none of these are my favorite story that broke today. My favorite story today is about uh 50 cent. Uh, oh, accepting payment in Bitcoin And then not realizing he that he had made He forgot about He it. forgot that he made between 7 and 8 million dollars Yeah <laughs> Like
0: Just forgot about it and His 2014 record Right He accepted Bitcoin for Because he was like You know I want to pay be, me any you want to pay times. me Yeah Yeah and so he got about seven hundred bitcoins, which at the time was still like a pretty good. They chunk were of they
3: were at like at worth six hundred and sixty-two dollars at the time. Yeah, now like they were they're fluctuating between since then. ten and twenty grand.
0: <coughs> yeah. Uh, so he just realized he had seven and a half million dollars worth of bitcoin. just Good for him around. because
1: didn't we talk about him? Inexplicably going into bankruptcy a couple of shows ago. Yeah,
0: but apparently, like, he also put up a thing on Instagram uh, around the same time that he was supposedly broke, but he had just like piles of cash in his refrigerator. (laughs) Cold, cold, hard cash.
2: Let's get thing. on to uh, the matter at hand. Unless anybody else has any other current news that they want yeah, to Yeah, talk discuss. about, it. You should have a gavel. You should have the gong and the
1: gavel, like here, here, toon, toon, ow.
3: Well, <laughs> we keep talking about bringing in that uh, <laughs> the, the, the gong? hotel bellman uh, oh, yeah. ding, but we're not there yet. Anyway, uh, who, so hotel Ryan, bellman? you oh, you
0: picked it. today's record. I did. Tell uh, us, tell us what you chose. Lou Reed's 1989. Uh, some critics would say probably uh, return to form. Um, Album. Some
1: critics may.
0: <laughs> Anyhow, New York. Uh and uh the word that kept coming back to me, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but it was curmudgeon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that is that is where that guy lived.
1: You know, like for some odd reason, like a man with like many accolades, um, Walking the Wild Side, The Velvet Underground, for some reason in nineteen ninety two, I think this album came out. Mm. 1989. 89. 89. Sorry. There's a three-year difference there. Um, so, 89. Math. Uh, I know. Look, also, like, Lou Reed, it looks like it's, like, it needs to be, like, a poison, like it's a heavy metal logo. They look like they're in a heavy metal band. And for some reason, Lou Reed just decided he needed to join an Austin, Texas 1989 bar band and um, write... Shitty slam poetry and well, make this I, fucking steaming bowl of dog shit.
0: I like it considerably more than you do.
1: I I, mean, and, uh, and by that, do you mean like it, like from a like an F, you go up to a D?
0: No, I'd call it it's like, horse shit, like, Ryan. It's the I'd worst. I'd call it like a, a B minus.
1: But I, oh my god, the only reason you're saying it is because you picked it. It is fucking unlistenable.
3: I think the thing that struck me and this is a little bit of inside like to use the term the inside baseball term on this we don't and i don't want to i i will preface this by saying that i am not bringing this up to devolve the show and try and take us in a direction that i frankly don't think the show is really about but i will i'll take i'll peel back the curtain a little bit and let the audience know that we don't we intentionally don't spend we don't spend a ton of time talking politics on the show because there Politics specific podcast. There are other
0: places you can find that.
3: Yeah, and and some, but but I think that this record is is intended from Lou Reed's point of view. It seems to be at least lyrically his kind of political take on the New York of the late eighties. And so I don't it's, know. It's like, pretty dated. Uh, yeah, I don't know how how well like, it lands modern day, but I do think like in that snow globe, it's interesting, even if
0: you don't love it. At least it was interesting for me, even if I don't love it, and I don't. Well, I don't know. I I do dig the first couple songs, and I think um, Dirty Boulevard's a a classic. That's what I was saying. Halloween Parade and Dirty Boulevard are great songs.
1: If you take those two songs out of this record, it is a bowl of dog shit waste of vomit time. I mean, it's just horrible. The reason that I
0: I ended up uh, picking this in the first place is because when we did our first... Holiday mixtape or whatever. I uh, picked Christmas in February. That's a pretty and that's good a great song, great too. song too. That's a and good you like that at the time? I do like so that
1: song. That's a pretty good song too. Yeah, which, which it, we can't see the, all the like, all the you know we're looking at. The, Mark has the track tracklist. Mark up, has but we the can't track see list all behind them. us. We can't see all of them. That oh. is that is a pretty pretty good one too. The Christmas in February.
2: But use your words. But, fellas. I'll tell you just what. Ask man, me to. Scroll, I would love. <laughs> I would love <laughs> to put on a
1: song like Sick of You. Where he thinks he's being clever, and make the entire room listen to all three minutes and twenty five seconds well, we're, of
0: it. We're not going to do that. We are going to get into. Of it. Of course, that's you though. won't do it. <laughs> well, well, let's I, let's I pick would, a song. I want to do stuff that's representative of the record, and I think of course that is
1: way more representative of the record than the few. Uh, that's a good point. Couple of songs. Thank you, Mark. Well, <laughs> let's get
0: into Dirty Boulevard because I feel like that one's a
1: slam dunk classic. It's a great
3: song, and and there are plenty of ways for us to punish the audience. So, that's I think we are doing fair, that already right. Fair
4: <laughs> Pedro lives out of the Wilshire Hotel He looks out a window without glass The walls are made of cardboard Newspapers on his feet And his father beats him because he's too tired to beg He's got nine brothers and sisters They're brought up on their knees It's hard to run When a coat hanger beats you on the thighs Pedro dreams of being older And killing the old man But that's a slim chance He's going to the boulevard He's gonna end up On the dirty boulevard He's going out To the dirty boulevard He's going down To the dirty boulevard This room costs $2,000 a month You can believe it, man, it's true Somewhere a landlord's laughing Until he wets his pants no one dreams of being a doctor or a lawyer or anything. They dream of dealing on the dirty boulevard.
2: So my question is: if this is actually a depart, uh, a return to form, would I actually enjoy the the departure from form? Hard to say.
0: <clears throat> what I was talking about earlier, uh, Metal Machine Music apparently was a big middle finger to their to his uh, record company. Like he had another record to deliver, and he just recorded the most unlistenable thing ever. I've never actually heard it, but it's like legendarily bad. It's got
1: to be pretty goddamn legendarily bad if it's if you think that uh, or or if this album in particular is is held up as like the
0: is like return the, to form is is the uh, like uh, yeah, like Mark It's saying, like uh, a
1: shitty blues band from bar band. Some from of a, it is. Twos, all of it is almost. It's not like Alright
3: here's, here's another thing So And Dirty Boulevard Is a Is actually a pretty um, Kind of a harbinger Of Of this idea And it pops up On this album Again and again But There's a lot of Like uh, Basically it, The point has been made In some of the pieces That I have read About this particular record That uh, Some of the neighborhoods That That he talks about like specifically, like the neighbor, like the Lower East Side, where, um, where Lou Reed and John Cale used to live, like has totally gentrified. It has, and so it's yeah. not, you know, they're not like like the Dirty Boulevard is actually it's pretty a nice these days. Boulevard now, yeah, 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 it's a you know, it's got flower. We boxes. can get upscale
2: croissants <laughs> on the clean boulevard <laughs> and a latte. Oh Just God. doesn't doesn't really carry the same weight. Well,
1: does it? I guess like ultimately for me, I think. Uh, that uh, that matters less to me. I, it, it, a, a lot of times, it seems like a parody of Lou Reed because he's he's doing that Lou Reed thing, but the words mean nothing and they sound like a cranky old man that didn't spend a lot. Of, you know what it sounds. You know what this record sounds like to me, and, and 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 it reminds me a lot of. And I'm gonna say it, but I'm only saying it because it fits into what I'm talking about here. Is like late era, current era Morrissey. In that you just want it to be better. <laughs> you're just like, you had such a great run. You had such great, brilliant stuff. And you're not even fucking trying anymore.
0: Well, I will say this. Um, I did think a lot of this record was kind of funny because it's so relentlessly bleak. Yeah, it's so relentlessly it is, it's like, bad. like Even on a, on a song that we, we both, like, I think most of us around here, uh, agree is good. Here's a sample lyric from Dirty Boulevard. Give me your hungry, you're tired, you're poor, I'll piss on them. That's what the Statue of Bigotry says. Your poor huddled masses, let's club them to death and get it over and just dump them on the boulevard.
1: Yeah, there's... there's and, no, like, every
0: song is that, like, just... And that's sort like, of what... that's. Come what, on, dude. There's, You have to have some happiness somewhere. It's not
1: about that. It's that you can say those words, but say them in a, in a I hate to say, poetic way, but say them in a way that would make someone listen to it and be like, Oh, that's really interesting. That's that's art, rather than just writing out basically, fucking headlines from a newspaper or something. You know, well, like, there's
0: well, you're talking about that one song. In no, particular. dude,
1: what I'm talking about is the way that there's no artistry in the way that he, in it, you know, when he would okay, like uh, you know, I'm waiting for my man. Um, in that song, it was matter of fact, but also poetic, almost in the way that he talked about what was about to happen. His, his,
0: his delivery style in the vocals is virtually identical to what he was doing in Velvet Underground. It
1: is, however... Music is the, better in Velvet Underground. The, the music is better in the Velvet Underground? <laughs> uh,
0: yes, that's what I said.
1: Right, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a word of, like, if better is where you start at the lowest or the low, it go up, you know, how far from there. This you realize is, they
0: can't see when you gesture. Right, um, yeah,
1: sorry. So
0: Shane is <laughs> demonstrating low and high.
1: Yes, yeah. I was doing that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Okay, you know what? Um, we're getting close to have to listen to another song. Can we listen to? <laughs> can, I can, have we, to. can Can we? Yeah, can, <laughs> we can we? Let's do an amazing song. It's called. It's on. It's track number six. Can we? Listen, can I pick one? Sure. I don't, I don't
0: <laughs> okay. Have a problem with that. Great.
1: Let's listen to "Last Great American Whale" and how brilliant that one is. Oh,
2: here we That's
0: go. That's actually one I love, but. Uh,
1: it is or is not? It is not. But okay, that's what I'm saying. Again, and Mark will agree with me, more indicative of, of the rest of the album. They say he didn't
4: have an enemy. His was a greatness to behold. He was the last surviving progeny. The last one on this side of the world. He measured a half mile from tip to tail. Silver and black powerful fins they say you could split a mountain in two that's how we got the grand canyon less great american whale less great american whale less great american whale less great american whale whale. some say they saw him at the Great Lakes. Some say they saw him off of Florida. My mother said she saw him in Chinatown, but you can't always
3: trust your mother. So the the Rolling Stone take on this record at the time mentioned this song in the context of what they what they called the album's significant flaw. Now the now the record. The review itself is pretty laudatory. Like, they really took to it. But they said uh, that Lou Reed's anger about social conditions is pure and righteous, but he allows it to blind him to any solution. And I have two yeah. thoughts on that. One is, all right, maybe. Secondly, <laughs> secondly it insightful, is... insightful, Kevin. That second, was
1: incredibly insightful. Sec,
3: second thought is... Is that the responsibility of the artist to like bring up his protest moment and then fix it in the song? Is that the way that, that works? I'm
1: I'm pretty sure that this album. I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive, and it happened. And this is kind of what makes me matter about it is that he's playing a character in it, um, like a cranky, oh I'm sure that's like true a too. cranky conservative yeah. guy. You keep
0: bringing up that word because we've got emergency crank radio in front of you that I had to bring in. It's probably Which why. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 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 because dude, no, he was actually like a well-known crank. Yeah, like, I know he was kind of a dick. Look, look, if there are some
1: of these songs, if he w- if they weren't characters in the songs and they were just coming from him, then he's even more of a dick than I thought before. And he was on my top five dicks in music ever of all time. I mean, I'm almost positive that this record, like a lot of the complaints he has in this record, he's saying through the mouthpiece of someone, of a character. Maybe an Archie Bunker type character, well, I and do think that
0: he you know at some point he kind of decided on like this is my persona, and like you can't all uh, of a sudden no, like it's
1: going away from that persona you're what well, what you're 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 not even listening to a a second of what I just said. There are a lot of times where people will do records based in voices of other people. And I feel like that's what a lot of this record is. He's doing this record. You can almost see from start to finish him complaining, like complaining about Jesse Jackson and complaining about like all these stuff. It sounds like R.G. Bunker to me. Well, you know, like, and
0: he, like he's trying to embody like a,
3: a
1: character rather than himself.
3: You're calling it a Colbert moment, but I think that like I, I mean, I and I get how you could say that. But I do think that it's probably fair to to mention that, like, in the many, many years after this record came out, he's not on the record as saying that, like, no, pun, pun intended, I guess, as saying that that is his that character. doesn't mean that it's not. Maybe well, no, it is. I could, but I, could like, be,
1: I could be totally wrong, but, and that's what I said. If I'm not, that's the only way that gives me any sort of solace in how fucking... Much of an asshole and how shitty the music is on this album, so what you is, just took it away from me. What <laughs>
2: what you. is the Sorry. symbolism in this particular song? I mean the 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 last great American whale is kind of vague, but he's very specific and like I well, and I thought it was about a, I thought it was about
1: a and car
0: and at the first. Like he's talking about it. It's I mean, you know, I've got the lyrics pulled up right right here, and it yeah, but they don't make sense. Well, okay. Americans <laughs> don't care m- too much for beauty. They'll shit in a
2: river, dump at. No, start, of acid at the in a start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. It sounds where? like it's a car. Um, well, but, but I mean, he's talking about like Native Americans in there. He's talking about.
0: Are you saying silver and black with powerful fins? Yeah. They say you could split a mountain in two. That's how so we got the great... No, I mean, that doesn't well, make sense.
1: Well, I guess sense. I was wrong. This makes yeah. no
0: fucking. S- it's just goddamn nonsense. Can we go into the <laughs>
1: fucking a few minutes with? Please, please, yeah, can let's. we get out of this?
2: All right, here we go.
1: I had a, uh, you put in it, Kevin, by the way, when you said three, two. It was a was misdirection. Throw, throw me off. Uh, it was a misdirection. I, I have like
2: arthritis th- in this <laughs> finger right now. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so,
0: Hey, it still didn't get past you, though. You know, like well, no, we, I we mean, talked that, about it, but he threw like, it out of the strike zone, but you still hit it.
1: No, dude, but that's a <laughs> testament to how fucking on the draw we are. So, yes. you know, I'm so proud of us. So you, most guy, shows you
2: guys, if I had one phrase to describe you, it's on the ball. Most most shows are about like a like a, about a three,
3: three and a half sharp. We're like a three and three quarters. You so you, can make, yeah. you make you might make a little oh, bit off this. Man. I am so
1: I'm so that makes me so happy that you. Feel that
0: way. So, can uh, Jane, Jane, okay. Jane Bartel.
1: Yes. <laughs> so, um, so I had a different song that I've been I'm wanting to play you guys for a while. But it will come back up next time I have this segment of the show. But I decided to, since we had Lou Reed today, to play. And we last time we were uh, last time. We had this, you brought up a Tribe Called Quest song And um, I wanted to bring up another Tribe Called Quest song It was their first First or second hit um, Can I Kick It Which uses Yes you can Thank you Mm -hmm. Which uses the sample, the bass sample from uh, Walk on the Wild Side Um, And also it's a good song to point out How much of an asshole Lou Reed is So And how, how Let me just say before we listen to this The lyrics are kind of silly But this album came out when they were 19, and they were writing these things when they were in high school, and it was, it's still a great song. (laughs) Can Can I kick it? Yes,
3: we can. Can I kick
1: it? Yes, we can. Can I kick it?
3: Yes, we can. Can I kick it? Yes, we can. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Yes you can while well, I'm gone. Can I kick it?
1: If you diss us we won't even so the, the when that up. album that, that yeah, off their first we'll record sure. and um on jive records, which by the way eventually ended up putting out like uh
0: one of those one of those like uh rap moguls was uh, responsible for jive records well no jive
1: records ended up being like um what was the justin Timberlake like backstreet boys was on jive oh, and, uh, yeah. and uh all those dudes um but however, having said that. So you know those guys were like in high school when they're writing those lyrics. I mean, just silly, pretty good, you know, rhyme scheme, but silly lyrics. Do you know? um, By the way, all of those samples, all of that music was put together by Q-Tip in between 17 and 19 years old.
0: They're talented motherfuckers. I I love
3: that song so much. I I can't stand it. I love them so much. I turn I turn my kids onto that track. Like you know, like I can go walk around the house and we'll play that. We'll get we'll fire it up with, uh, we'll get Alexa to fire it up or whatever. Can I kick it? And then, and, and my seven-year-old will say, no, you can't.
1: <laughs> well, so Lou Reed, uh, th- he was approached after the record came out and um, apparently from what Five said, uh, he Five Dog. Five Dog, um, R.I.P. Apparently, he he said like, yeah, you can use that sample. However, I own all of the royalties in publishing. And these are 19-year-old kids but Lou Reed is still like trying to take and by the way he didn't write that baseline
0: uh, he might have i mean he was the so song writer in he Velvet write Underground and he didn't write that baseline did they though.
3: agree did they agree to terms did they agree to they those they did
0: terms?
1: and they since haven't seen even one cent from that song that's interesting well, i just i, I find that's it
0: that's lame I, I do think the video is kind of hilarious it the, looks, oh it's totally it a, looks like they had an opportunity to like debut their song on like the Ar-H- Arsenio hall show uh, you gotta remember they're, like, they're uh, like
1: eighteen years old in yeah. nineteen eighty nine on that. And too. it's like, the most
0: literal interpretation. It of is song. exactly <laughs> literal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Completely I, literal. I, I like it. like giant block letters that well, say it, and then they go kick it.
1: We talked about this before too, man. Like uh, all of that, um, that New York, like late eighties, early nineties, very serious but also very cool to listen to. Um, rap stuff and that, that you know, that one falls right in there because it, like, when you know, when five is saying Mr. Dinkins, won't you please be my mayor? You know, this is a 19 year old guy like working in kind of politics
0: into oh, Mayor Dinkins is what like what you're yeah. talking about, yeah.
3: And do we think that like his politeness, Ryan, does that where does that rate on the um, if you ask me please to quit? uh if you to please, bullshit, pretty, have to you to if you yeah. step to me with your You're, bullshit i'm going to have to ask you please to quit if you step
0: to me with your bullshit i'm going to have to ask you please to quit and let's pr- end like quick tiny sidebar
3: recap for people who don't know what the hell that we're talking about that was a like a like a sample Shane, Shane cd that you guys got at south a by party
0: at south by southwest one year and these like kind of i mean god love them they were like really um ambitious uh but like a white Rap Duo was out handing out... Squint. Around, like, what's that? Squint. Is that what they were called? Yeah. Oh, my God, um, that's so great. <laughs> but they were handing out their, their debut record slash demo or whatever, and uh, we both got a copy, and then we went, promptly went back to, like, one of our places and, like, listened to the thing, and that was... Oh, and weird. those, those, you yeah, so step to me with your bullshit.
1: If you step to me with your, your bullshit,
0: bullshit,
3: I'm going to have to ask you, please, to, to quit. quit. So, yeah, so we deconstruct that, that particular piece of that little crappy demo CD and we have for, are you kidding me, crappy? That's as oh, good as what so we just great. listened to. I don't know. These
1: guys it, are at, they were at the Vanguard. We the, just didn't hear it.
3: The point, the <laughs> point, the point I'm making that I, the reason I brought it up in the first place is like, really, like, politeness in rap records is a is a novel conceit it's a rarity it's a rarity like
0: you don't see it a whole lot. it's
3: not you know other than like um
0: like self-deprecation yeah um you know <laughs> yeah, i don't see a lot of self-deprecation yeah skilo
3: <laughs> yeah skilo is a great example but, but it doesn't happen very often anyway now that song is great um shane thank it's you asking for asking permission
0: to kick it, to kick it. And it turns out yeah. the answer is yes. <laughs> can so I kick yes, it? You
1: can. In fact, as a matter of fact, sir, you, you can. can. You go right
0: ahead and kick it. And by the way As long as
2: up. it is that we're talking about is a literal foam it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I've over. got
0: one for you right here. And you just go ahead and punt the hell out of that.
2: All right, let's go back. <laughs>
3: So I've told this story one time before, but when I th- I think it makes an it's worth revisiting at least for a, a brief second because of what we're covering this week and this is the and we are of course talking about Lou Reed's uh 1988, 89 record. Apparently uh, New York record to Shane. Oh so angry, it's so just much vitriol.
1: Annoying. I'm not that I'm not pissed about it. It's just you so you make it sound annoying. like it's like
0: Bon Jovi or poison bad. It is. Okay. Anyway, so l- I am going to tell
3: my story. So, uh, so several years ago, at uh, what we here in Austin sometimes refer to as the South by Southwest, uh
0: Kevin, we just call it South by. Oh, I am sorry. You don't need to have the. V.
3: I was going to p- uh, make whatever the Actually, sound is for trademark
1: around here. We say the S X X W. Yes,
3: solid. Anyway, years ago, I had a case, I got invited to uh, so. Basically, the way that everybody does South by, and we've talked about this on this show before, but if you if you are here during the music part of South by, and you want to catch a bunch of music, the best way to do it, unless you're an industry person and have a have a badge, and badges get really spendy really fast, is uh, go to a bunch of day parties. And so everybody RSVPs for everything. Most of the time, most of those events you're either not going to be able to get into or you don't. You Poor be. locals go to day parties, which, like, I am one. Well, if, more if more people, uh, day parties are well populated, but they're also an, a chance for bands to play out a whole bunch. And so what happens is, is there's always a bunch of stuff on the schedule that's going on that's pretty cool. And you're always going to also miss a bunch of stuff that's pretty cool at the same time. And you just have to, like, that, you only, you only, unless, you know. Unless you have figured out cloning, you are you can only be in one place at one time. So uh, and there's also this the deal that that these these day well probably not. Um, there's also a deal that South by makes with with all of the uh, that allows these day parties to exist where everybody has to sort of shut things down by a certain point in time. And so the evening schedule is usually where the official stuff happens. But years ago, I had occasion to get invited to a club opening where there was a set that was going on that of some names that were kind of emerging at the time and who those were I don't remember all of them and the ones I do know it's not even worth bringing up. So are they submerged now? Well, yeah, I mean, they're not. Yeah, maybe <laughs> right. <laughs> at the at the very least they're they're level. <laughs> uh, but uh, but anyway, so so uh, Allison and I go out to this thing. We get in. I see the promoter. We get there, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I've got a, I've got a seat for you guys." And so the way that this whole thing was set up, it was kind of like almost like a catwalk with like sort of a big circular space at the end, and um, there was seating all around either side of the catwalk, and then all the way around this sort of circular part at the end. So if you sort of imagine like almost like the shape of a microphone, if you're looking at it from from above, well, all around the the circular part. Were where the uh, like kind of the VIP seats were, and so we ended up. And I t- I know I told this story before because I w- went back. I re- I'm just I'd assuming
0: Lou Reed was in one of the VIP. Listen seats to me. L- like I'm, I, I I'm t- getting there.
3: I'm get, right. I'm sorry. It's taking longer than I thought, but it's but I'll get to it. So so we get there, and we end up sitting next to Ben Harper, and um, and uh, Carlos Santana's son and uh sal and i told this story Sal santana sal santana's actual name and so uh, i told this story on this show like i don't know like probably a year and a half ago or longer and um and we talked about it because i remember the context was that the i guess the giants had just been in the world series and santana so going off stay with me stay with me quit interrupting and i promise i promise i'll finish um the But the two Santanas had played the national anthem during the World Series, but uh Carlos was the only one that everybody knows, so you could only see uh sal's arm and so anyway but we we were sitting we were sitting at this show in between Ben Harper and Sal Santana, and when we got sat down, the club promoter said, "You guys can stay here as long as you like uh but if Lou Reed shows up, you gotta go and so we got to stay. He never showed up, but I kind of wanted Lou Reed to get sh- to show up and us get kicked out. Like that's what that's how I wanted that that that, that story. Story to end. might have
0: been better that way. Like so, it's mean, were like not a bad story. It's not a bad story. It
3: had if it had fewer interruptions. It would have gone faster. You but were Lou Reed's like, seat filler. I was I was absolutely Lou Reed seat filler. Yeah. So
2: that would have been the short version of that. Yeah, story. whatever. But that, that, was version, the that
3: version sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> said we got Moby Dick. Yeah. Uh,
2: but that's all right. Uh, yeah. well, You mean the last great American whale? That's right. Anyway,
3: um, so Shane, fortunately, um, we can get back to the part where Shane really loves this record, can't get enough of it, and would like to dissect it. Maybe that last part is probably true.
0: I don't know that he He's wants like, to dissect Well, he might want to dissect it while it's still living. It just <laughs> sucks. Yeah.
1: I don't hate it that much. I mean, I hate it, but I don't hate it in like a. In
0: but it doesn't feel like Christmas in February. You know what, what's kind of ironic about all this? is that you're kind of a curmudgeon about this record the way Lou Reed was about everything?
1: No, you know what, man? Look, this is this is why I feel so um, angry about this record. I had bought some Lou Reed records when I was in high school. I'd heard so many things about him, and he was like, lyrics by and music by Lou Reed. And I was... He just seemed like an asshole, and I'd read these interviews with him, and he just seemed like an asshole, and I got older, and I was like, well, you sure there's something I don't understand? And then I got into college, and I'd, I'd listen to his music, and uh, this is, you know, one of the records, and I'm like, this still sucks and okay at one point why are you still being assholes to everybody or being an asshole to everybody apparently
0: he had a a long history of asshole ship well Um, but he can't
1: back it up with this fucking music on this album because
0: this is well okay so he got like committed uh when he was like in high school okay great uh, what does that have to do with this album i'm just saying okay like i think it was pretty endemic to him like going back By the way, this guy was in ROTC at some point and was like a platoon leader or some shit. Uh, Okay, so in 1989, when he wrote this shit album, what does that have
1: to fucking do with it, man? I'm just
0: saying uh, his...
1: Morrissey is a fucking piece of shit asshole that fucking is racist right now. What does that have to do with this charming man? Nothing.
0: I guess the parallel would be that like uh, Morrissey used to be in a great band and so did Lou Reed. And they're... Talents have diminished over time, and, well, Lou Reed doesn't have any right now, because he's not around anymore. So, um, I, well, then, then
3: maybe it's diminished all the way. But I I, <laughs> I think um, you guys ta- earlier spoke about um, Christmas in February as an example of a track that you...
0: Well, okay, we've already played it on this show, and so I yeah, do... Yeah, for our have Christmas y- mixture. Yeah, our first... Uh, how about Christmas. How about The
3: Last Great American Whale? Have we played that one yet?
0: Yeah, we did. We did. Okay.
4: I got a
1: great one that we could play. Kevin Jess, everyone. Kevin Jess. Hey, Ass Wipes. Sick of You is a pretty <laughs> amazing If I pick song. the
0: record, uh, generally I pick all the songs, but that's fine. I'll let you no, pick another one. No, generally you I curate
1: like you
3: curate them. Here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna we're gonna play 12 songs. I need it in this order. Um, in the middle I did that of time,
0: like once <laughs> no. that I wanted to <laughs> <I would> transition <laughs> on a yellow three, record. I would say probably three, three times. And I have. Which by the long. way, one of the songs that I'm not going to play because Shane commandeered one uh, of mine. But like, there is uh, what is it? Um, there is no time. First half of that song sucks ass. Second half I can totally hear it being influential to the, both the Pixies and Yolatengo, but I'm not going to do that one to one. us. Okay. Uh, but like I think the second half of that song is great and uh, and led the way for some uh, leading lights that a lot of us like. Pretty
1: sure the Pixies were like halfway through their career when that came In out. In
0: 1989 they were probably they were That was this, That Basta was Nova. Uh, I believe came out in 1989. Doolittle in '88. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I do love Dime Store Mysteries. The last song on the record. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of that weird song that almost made Shane like have a seizure. Um, Wait, which, one, Godly which song? And Cream, uh, Cry. Um, Wait, it, what? it has a similar. Tense oh,
3: yeah. to it. Well, I, which I song? Remember. The one with the, m- the melting green. faces that melted from one to another. That
0: was the black and white thing that gave you nightmares.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But anyway, true. Dime Store Mystery, I think, is a great song. Uh, and there's, there's probably, like, beyond that and the one I just mentioned, like like one other song that I can fully get behind. But anyway, which uh, one do you want to get here? into? Dime Store Mystery. Play it.
4: He was lying, banged and batted, skewered and bleeding, talking crippled on the cross. Was his mind reeling and heaving, hallucinating, fleeing what a loss. The things he hadn't touched or kissed, his senses slowly stripped away. Not like Buddha, not like Vishnu. Life wouldn't rise to him again I find it easy to believe That he might question his beliefs
3: Hey, so it occurs to me You know, Shane, you were talking earlier About how you think that it's possible That maybe this is a character that Lou Reed's playing And I got to thinking about it and I'm wondering if, what if it's not a like so some of the some of the pieces that I have read on this record have referred to it as a concept album by virtue of the subject matter, um, and I almost feel like a concept album and, a, and an album where the protagonist or the the artist plays a character aren't they're not the same thing, but they kind of feel like flips. They could be flip sides of the same coin.
0: Thoughts.
1: Yeah, or possibly just kind of the same dudes with just a little bit of a, like, a quirk.
0: Yeah, yeah. I read something about uh, where uh, Lou Reed kind of compared, like, his relationship with New York to, like, William Faulkner's relationship with Mississippi. Like, and, you know, if you read any Faulkner, like, that's definitely, like, where he was living and, like, intellectually and physically. Yeah. That can make sense. And Lou Reed, you know, like, you know, this time of New York, 1989, like, apparently was kind of a shitty place to be.
3: Uh, Yeah, it had not been cleaned up at that point to the extent that it has now.
0: Yeah. And, you know, love him or hate him, apparently Rudy Giuliani, like, you know, got...
3: And Dinkins before him, hence, uh, like, a lot of some of the Dinkins shout outs that we've heard today.
1: Well, Dickens was like at the like at the nadir of like New York being like, New York, with spray-painting people's glasses while they're getting off the... You know, that kind of shit. Right. And Giuliani turning into a... You know, Disneyland is what people said. So, like, I think like what he was coming off of in this record was the tail end of the Dickens and the beginning of the Giuliani sort of, you know, thing.
0: Well, okay, so when I... Uh, you know, when we're... Talking about um, this song, uh, uh, Dime Store Mystery. Dime Store Mystery, like, like when I read them, like they're just kind of seem like uh, regular poetry, you know? Like it's not bad. Um, but the but the music is the music. I don't I, know. I this I, is I, I the only one
2: song okay, on you this know album what? that it, it's not bad. The music it's not is... bad. I
1: guess why I say that it's like I'm just waiting for like a whole so- like it's just. I don't know. You know I think what? if you
2: actually had someone committed to the melody of this song and singing it on top of the the musicians that are playing, uh, you've got some strings in there, you've got some complex drum parts in there, I think that you could turn this into a beautiful song. There,
3: but there also is a little bit of that Lou Reed equation, right, where that is very similar to, like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, kind of the, the same ethos as pavement, even though it's not the same type of music like just the can't be bothered delivery like that whole flat monotone well and that's uh, kind of like been
0: his emo like like his whole career sure but like when i okay so i've been pulling these up uh here and there like throughout the show and you know like it's kind of like why i don't really like poetry i actually like these lyrics more in the context of them being set to music than i i mean not that i think there's anything wrong with them i just don't know what the fuck they mean like frankly I got more out of the descendants record than I did this but like <laughs> I just like like I mean they at least tell you what they're talking about uh but musically like I actually like it considerably more than Shane uh,
1: I'm surprised you said B minus I thought for sure you were gonna say like a D if I gave an F to it but I'm surprised to hear you say that I will say one thing that I said before um, not in a an affirmative way but um, it, it's sort of alluding to what you're saying right now. Like, I think that's partially about, it's like a middle-aged man that gave up. And so, like, you know, his whole career was, his early career was based on these shocking, sort of ripped the scales off the eyes of society. And then he just went through these obtuse, obf- obfuscated lyrics as he got older and, you know it just he had nothing it, you know what it sounds like to me it's like a dude that's like oh it's been uh, i don't know let me look at my watch 4 years since i put out a record need to come up with some songs real quick is it but i'm lou reed so i can come up with whatever songs i want
2: manufactured to. or resolute like do you think do you think he's he's type he's playing a part here or do you think that I, this really is just him kind of giving in I, to? Well,
1: i think that's a good question i think that's that's the only thing that possibly in my opinion personally Makes it something somewhat even remotely interesting is trying to figure out are there characters. I tr- I tend to feel that they're characters, but also there's somewhat of his like curmudgeonly nature like filtering into those characters.
0: So it looks like Kevin has something to say, and we haven't heard a whole lot about the critical response of this record, um, which normally is Kevin's thing.
3: Yeah, no, we've 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 talked a little bit about it. I mean, generally speaking, I think most of the most of the Pundits seem to, I mean, we, we talked about the fact that um, I didn't specifically call it a bunch of the like the consequence of sound dusted this off several years after the fact. And they really talked about it mostly in terms of the the content they tried to, to extrapolate the political context from uh, this being a record about New York when it was dirty and stark to harsher national political uh positions that were He does mention Donald easy. Trump at one
0: point. Uh yeah, I did hear that. Donald Trump, yeah. Bernard Goetz. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah,
3: anyway, the point being, the point being is like I think it's easy to go the, down the rabbit hole on stuff like that and frankly it's just um I didn't necessarily find a take that was that just really uh set me ablaze. So, anyway, I think uh, ultimately I've shared my my two and a half cents on this one And you know I'm glad we got a chance To listen to it I don't know that I'll probably Spend a lot of time with it After this week
0: There there are good Four or five songs That I'm gonna take with me uh, after this I journey, you you will
1: never listen to those songs again unless you hear.
0: Them <laughs> dude, on the Dirty radio, Boulevard dude. and Christmas in February. Like if you hear them on the, the radio, you'll be
1: like, "Oh, I like that song." You're never gonna be at your house. No, Christmas in
0: like, February. I'm gonna like add to like a playlist. Yeah, but like, you're never gonna be there. Like,
1: oh, Dirty Boulevard. I look. You're never gonna do. that. I do love that. You're, song. It is a good song.
0: Dirty Boulevard had its and moment. And frankly, there's 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 one other that I hadn't even brought up. That like, hey re- Kevin, what were you? Uh, what <laughs> sorry I'm not, I'm not gonna play another song but uh what the hell uh sick of you uh sick of you i think is a good song i think it, that's the worst it, song on the album it kind of sounds like but lay I, down, don't wanna, but it I don't want to, but i don't want it kind of sounds like lay down sally but like i dug it obviously much more than you did well let's get into the uh new song this evening uh kevin is that you yep i've got it so uh So lucky for you guys I saw
3: I, Tanya this past week And it's something We'll talk about that a little bit But mostly we're going to talk about the song that we're going to listen to next Which is uh, the Sufjan Stevens epic uh, Tanya Harding Which is very literally about uh, the same thing that movie's about The song was hard. Uh, Sufjan Stevens has apparently been trying to write Tanya Harding the song for almost thirty years. Uh, he put out an essay that came out along with this. How old is
1: that guy? I don't think thirty. I think twenty years. Because thirty is
3: what it, what it says. Well, what I'm Tanya looking Hardy at right now
1: came out in, you know, ni- she that she skated in 1990, and then but whole 1994 thing. All like right, was, well, we, we might be getting mired
3: down in, in, yeah, in small details, years, but yeah. that's true. Anyway, it uh, per um, this is it's a one-off single, and um, Pitchfork wrote a little bit about it, and I'll just share a, a quick nugget, and then I'll then we'll throw it to the room. It says listening to the track, especially paired with its stunning music video, which in this case was literally. a... It's
0: just one of her like uh, routines that yeah. he found that actually synced up with the song pretty well. Well,
3: yeah, and so basically their take on it was like it's hard to believe that he actually struggled with putting this song together, but. Anyway, um, he apparently you know occasionally Soupyon Stevens is is given to the epic uh, description. It's ve- it's a very literal song, but it's also um, sort of haunting in the way that it's put together. But anyway, they just said I'll just pull out an excerpt that says Tanya Harding feels uh, graceful and effortless. A series of verses unfolding with a warm. Lilting candor, telling the story of Olympic figure skater who, among other things, was accused of conspiring an attack on a competing skater. Uh, Sufyan takes the, po- the tone of a pep-talking friend. Uh, the world is a bitch girl. He sings sweetly, don't end up in a ditch girl. <laughs> so anyway. I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, no, it's great. And the I, movie I, is was
1: a really, really, really good song. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: and So it's timely that it comes out around the same time as, as the movie. Yeah, I, mean, I don't
3: remember that being uh, on the soundtrack at all. So I don't think oh, it's related.
1: No, she doesn't like that song. Oh, did, I it bet she doesn't. Was not, no.
3: Anyway, um, but the, uh, the Ryan the uh, and this is not a this is not a film show, so we won't uh, devolve into this. But um, if Goodfellas was about figure skating, told exactly the same way, uh, it would be I
0: Tanya. So you should totally go see that film. Uh, wow uh well goodfellas uh is my favorite movie of all time i've seen now seen it so many times that i don't i try to not watch it as much yeah like when it comes on like E or whatever i'm like i i can't i'm just saying that when you see itania, it'll be it's
3: such an homage in terms of the way that that story is told you won't yeah. be able to well i did watch the, the similarities. like
0: two hour long like abc documentary about this whole thing and still like like uh it's up in the air like whether she actually knew what was going on, but she is an intriguing person. She
1: knew what was going on.
0: Could be and anyway, could be see the movie.
3: But yeah. but that said, um yeah, anyway, I like clearly this is something that this artist has been wanting to to uh write about and sing about for some time. Well and much and like Desi- the comment
2: that you you pointed out in that article, I mean it it seems like he just wrote he just sat down, watched this particular performance video and just wrote this song to the video like it seemed effortless to it me was it was synced
0: up for sure yeah uh, i guarantee you that's not what she was skating to because it didn't exist well no
2: obviously it wasn't but but i mean the the point being that it Could, seems good point, point, Ryan, yeah, it yeah. seems to fit very well with with the skating style and all the moves and everything i mean i don't know yeah
1: you know i read something um about her uh the other day and um basically it, it boiled down to at the end of the day like she she doesn't really whatever i'm not gonna get to this right now like i don't know why i like thank you for bringing that up <laughs> yeah i know now i'm like yeah. like wait a minute you, watch this has the thing no- you don't want to talk about this has nothing to do with uh what we're what we're talking about musically however i do know that she doesn't ever want to hear the uh sufio and Steven song that we just listened to
3: maybe that's true i will say that uh, again alice and janney ryan Is amazing. She's a a fantastic actress. She's also in
0: a subpar CBS uh, sitcom right now. Yeah, but Mm. nothing about that.
3: Anyway, go see the movie. Um,
0: Are we still recording? Yeah,
3: but anyway, that's the that's the Tanya Harding track. Um, I enjoyed the told as as a as uh, what they call in Pitchfork a tear stained diary entry, which kind of it it
0: reads a little bit like
1: it was pretty pretty amazingly beautiful.
0: Yeah, it was no Lou Reed's New York, but uh, but (laughs) I dig it still. Yeah,
1: all right.
3: (laughs) Who's got next
0: week? I have next
3: week, and so um, it occurs to me that you know, and I it was not an accident that I threw out the question about concept album versus character, um, because I think you can tell a lot about an artist, any artist uh, who has, you know, has a few albums into their career who puts out a concept record and what they choose to conceptualize, Uh, given the fact that occasionally we go down the road of uh, talking a lot about A.M. Gold. I thought thought we would listen to, next week we'll do um, Josh Rouse's concept album, 1972, which is his his tribute to A.M. Gold. Also the year of my birth. Well, then Um, we'll talk about that mostly.
0: I think we should. should I'll bring my baby
3: book. Anyway um I have I have lots of opinions on on this kind of thing and i I feel certain that the rest of you guys will too but excellent that's what we'll do next go around who are we in the meantime I'm Kevin I'm ryan I'm Shane I'm mark this is somebody likes it